Welcome to Mystery Bible. My name is Ken Primus. I'm your host, and I have been uh, walking through the book of Exodus. And we, I believe, last week we touched on the um, the firstborn, the death of the firstborn in Israel, and the cost that um, Egypt paid for uh, Pharaoh's hardness of his heart. But as we saw and we read, have been reading that God had told Moses that he would do this. He would bring him to that place where he would um, take away his firstborn. And when you look at the things that God did with Egypt, was even from the plagues and, and all those things, the fact that he sent Moses with a staff that can be converted to a snake and so forth, he knew the um that the sorcerers back in Egypt can do the very same thing, and I believe he wanted to show Egypt um everything who he was in the sense that he was superior to all of their gods, anything that they had he was superior to that um and I believe that's what he did because he sent them with the same capability, but um, when it came to the lice, if you read uh, the Exodus, you'll see that his magician said to him, wait a minute, this, this we can't do. This is the finger of God. So it was at that point that it, they get it, that the magicians understood that there was something else here and Moses and Aaron was showing up with. And then uh, as we move through, God wanted him to understand that the seriousness of what he was doing because Israel was considered his firstborn and he took out all of the firstborn of Egypt, but he was also trying to show them who he was and he is a God that ought to be feared. And um, we're going to talk about some of the things that uh, he does and why he does that. The Bible tells us that or wisdom comes from God, or he is the possessor of it. He owns it. A knowledge, he owns it. Um, salvation, he owns it. These are the, his possessions that he offers to mankind. So when you see those things in the scripture, when you see that uh, wisdom and knowledge and all these things, those are the things that God owns and he, he gives to mankind so that we can partake of wisdom. He said in the scriptures, if you lack wisdom, ask and I'll give it to you and so forth. Um, and we know that salvation belongs to the Lord, and we know why it belongs to the Lord, because it's His, so He can give it out however He pleases. So we are looking at the Exodus now. We are here in Exodus chapter 13, and let's read Exodus chapter 13 to get the vantage point from the Bible. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn, um, whatever open up the womb amongst the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which you came out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength and hand the Lord brought you out from this place. There shall no leaven bread. Be eaten. One of the other things that he, why he did what he did was he had to introduce himself to 
the Israelites, they didn't know who he was. Um, you know, they didn't see him as, in his power. And so he had to make himself known to them and present that he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's why one of the things I want to give you guys some advice to, as far as people that are walking around today claiming that um, they're Christians and so forth, you have to... Um, the title of Christian is not what Jesus came for. He came to show us the way. Um, they, that name Christians was given to them in Antioch uh, when they saw them behaving Christ-like. But I know the church today is not Christ-like because he said everything he did was love and he moved out of compassion and all these things. So one of the things that we know about the Bible, about the God of the Israelites, it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, very specific. There are other gods that were out there, Balaam and all these other um, gods in the eyes of man that were created by man. And um, uh, But he had to show himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, even to the people of Israel or the Israels, um, so that they can see who he is. And he wanted to show them that he is a deliverer. Now, when you look into Christianity, and you'll see that word bondage a lot, and um, it is referenced in the two worlds that we are a part of. The Bible tells us that we are in the kingdom of darkness, and we're in the kingdom of God's dear Son when one becomes born again. And in the kingdom of darkness, we are in bondage, but God uh, has removed us from there. Now, this journey here that we're looking at and reading is an example of a spiritual principle, a natural example of a spiritual principle that when one moves from one kingdom, the kingdom of the Egyptian, um, to the kingdom of God, it is from, it's recognized as a place of bondage to freedom. And that freedom is uh, through God's deliverance. And that's what happened when you see preachers talk about that this whole process that is happening with Israel is what happens to an individual um, that it is a shadow. This thing that we're seeing is called, the Bible says it is a shadow of spiritual things. So he is saying to the folks, he says, remember this day, because this is a special day um, that you've been brought out because you've been in here for hundreds of years. This day came ye out in the month of Abed. Now, the month of Abed, it tells us in um, that uh, in Exodus chapter 12, it says, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. This is in Exodus chapter 12, verses 2. So this month, God says to the children of Israel, this is your first month. This is going to be your month, the first month of the year to you. So this is why it is very important, you'll see, within the Israel culture that they celebrate certain things at this time. And it shall be um, when the Lord shall bring you into the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, 
which he swore unto your fathers that he will give to you a land flowing with milk and honey, that thou shouldest keep this service in this month. So this is the birth, as we see, of the Passover. And God instructed the children of Israel to make sure that you do this at this time. And all of those Canaanites, Hivites, and Amorites, and uh, uh, Hivites, and Jebusites, none of those guys were giants that you and I have to go and deal with in our life. The Canaanites, um, descendant of Cain, and uh, we know that um, back in when Moses, not Moses, I apologize, when Noah was splitting the land, Canaan decided to go and take a piece of property that was not his. And I'm going to try and see if I can bring that to you later on so that you can see. And so God was just giving back this land to the um, Israelites that was stolen from them. But Canaanites and all these Hittites and Amorites and Hivites and Jebusites, these are our enemies in the spiritual realm as well as the enemies of the natural people of um, the Israelites. They represent um, uh, giants, if you will, uh, that will come into our life. And we have, because God has given it to us, it's, uh, it's ours to go take. And that's why he says, oh, Jesus says, all power has been given to me. It's, us, it's for us to go take it, whatever your situation is. But you can only do that by faith. And so that's why the children of Israel weren't allowed in the, in the, in the promised land. And we're going to look at that. Only two men that were able to go in, and those two was Joshua and Caleb, and both of them were walking by faith. God destroyed all the others because they choose another path. So let's take a look and see what it says. Seven days thou shalt eat unleavened bread, and in the seventh day shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and there shall be no leavened bread be seen with thee, neither shall there be leaven seen with you in all your quarters. And thus, uh, and you shall show thy son in that day, saying, this is done because of which was the Lord did when we came out of Egypt. So this is what they have to recite when they do this, even today. Now shall Shef therefore keep this ordinance in his season from year to year. And it shall be when the Lord shall bring you into this land of the Canaanites, as he swore unto you and to your fathers shall give it unto you. One of the things that God has to do is always fulfill his word because he tells us that he's not a man that he should lie. So whatever promise God gives to you, he has to fulfill it uh, because he says he cannot lie. And so this is something he had promised to Abraham and he told them in Abraham that he would come back after 430 years to deal with this. And it tells us that when the children of Israel cried a great cry, that God remembered his promise and began to act on it. But he had he was acting all the way through because he had to orchestrate Moses' burning, being born, sorry, all of these other things. He had to orchestrate all of those. So God is always orchestrating things. You may not know that, but he is orchestrating things all along. And that's why he says everything worked for good 
those who live who love the Lord and are called according to the purposes. Why? Because He has been orchestrating things on your behalf for many years, and you just need your faith to begin to walk into it. That's what the faith life is, guys. To trust God, to surrender your will. Your in the sense of um, because the scripture says there's a way that seems right to a man. So you have to surrender your knowledge and um, let God's knowledge and wisdom guide you. And that's what faith is. Um, and so when you get to that place, you forsake all of your ability and walk into his. And he said he'll give it to you free. All you have to do is ask for wisdom. He'll give it to you. He's no longer uh, man's wisdom. He said he'll I'll give you my wisdom. And so you have access to it. And because you have access to God's wisdom, you will then be able to make better decisions for your life. So that's what walking by faith is. So let's see some of the things it tells us here. Um, uh, let's go back into verse 13. And it says, Every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb, and if thou wilt not redeem it, and thou shalt break his neck, and all the firstborn of man amongst the children shall thou redeem. And that word redeemed is very important within the relationship of God and an individual because God is our Redeemer. He is about to teach the children of Israel a lot of things because they've been programmed for 400 plus years. And so he has to deprogram them. And so he's going to put these uh, festivals in place, these ordinances in place, so that it can be a visual thing and that they will become reprogrammed from their old belief system to this current belief system. And so he now has to begin to set things in order for them to do so that they can begin to be deprogrammed. And so we see, as he mentioned, this word redeem in verse 13, and it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, what is this thou shalt say unto him? By strength and hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of bondage. What are we doing? This is what you tell your kids. And it came to pass when Pharaoh would hardly let us go, that the Lord slew the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore I sacrifice to the Lord all that openeth the matrix. I love that in it, being male but all the firstborn of my children I redeem. The Matrix is all about faith. Take a look at that movie one more time and you'll see what I'm talking about. And it shall be for a token upon their thine hand and for frontlets between your eyes. For by strength of hand, the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt. And again, he's trying to make them aware that the things that he did only a you know, God, or a God, if you will, a true God. Because remember, there was a separation when the lice came. Um, uh, Jambra and his men, the magicians of Egypt, could not do that. So there's a degree that they can uh, forfeit or, or they can mimic. But then there's an area that they have no power where they cannot do that. And that is to bring all those type of lice and all the other things. So God took over from there and began to do all the judging, if you will, because we had talked about how it was separated between God, Aaron, and Moses. So we see that he is saying to them that um, uh, 
this is who I am. I'm a mighty God. And so he's showing his strength of hand that the Lord had brought us out of Egypt. Verse 17, And it came to pass when Pharaoh had left the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistine, although there was near. For God said, Least preadventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. So what he's saying, he didn't want to take them out right away and they engage in war. They're going to panic and run back to Egypt for safety. And so God is saying now he wants to take them a different route so that they will not panic and run back to Egypt. So but God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up, um, harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took uh, the bones of Joseph with him, for he had um, straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones away hence with you. So the Bible mentions Joseph. It doesn't mention the other uh, people, but it mentions Joseph. And because Joseph told them, Take my bones, because if you don't, you know, you know, um, you know, this will happen to you. So they took his bones, and they were able to exit um, Egypt with it because he had commanded them to do it to bury him where his fathers were buried. And so they brought his bones with him, and they took their journey from Succoth and encamped in Ephraim in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud and lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. So they were traveling day and night. And here is God leading his people. And everything that I say to you with the children of Israel and the Egyptian story, the natural thing is a shadow of a spiritual act. Now, they were led by the Spirit or by God um, in cloud by day and fire by night. And the Bible tells us they that are led by the Spirit are, you know, these are the sons of God. And so you and I are called to be led. That's why I said to you, God, through God now, when we become born again, we have access to his wisdom, not ours. So he said in James, he says, if you lack wisdom, ask and I'll give it to you liberally. So we have access to the wisdom of God, but it's by faith that we get it. When we ask, we have to believe, and then just faith without works is dead. So when we ask and we believe that God has given us this wisdom, then we will proceed in what we were supposed to do. And you will be amazed at how your understanding opens up. Because the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ, while he was walking with a couple of his men and he was talking about him, the Bible says that he opened their understanding. And so God can open your understanding since he made you, right? So let's take a look at this again. And we are seeing, and we're going to finish in the, the Bible at this. So he did the pillar um, of fire by day, by night, and so that they can be moving day and night. As I mentioned, that is how we are also to be led by God. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, 
nor the pillar of fire by night from the people, from before the people. So that is the Exodus according to chapter 13 in the Bible. Okay? And what we've been doing here is just briefly dancing back and forth into the different um, uh, books and, and sources that we're grabbing information from. So what I'm going to do is I want to go to the book of um, Josephus to do that, this particular podcast. This next podcast, I want to look at Jasher, book of Jasher and the book and the legend of the Jews so that we can put that together. But I wanted to put the historian in between here so we could see what his report was um, concerning uh, the Exodus. And we read a little of it last week when it says that they left Egypt in the month of uh, Xenakas on the 14th day of the lunar month, 430 years after the forefather Abraham came to Canaan, but the 215 years only after Jacob removed into Egypt. It was the 18th year of the age of um, the 80th year of uh, Moses and that of Aaron three more. So Aaron was 83 and Moses was 80. They also carried the bones of Joseph with them and they, uh, as he had charged his son. So we see the historian mention the, um, the bones of Joseph being brought with him. So the reason why I like doing these things is so that people can see that these are, these stories are people, man. I've had uh, someone said to me one day, um, you know, these wise people, that Jesus, there's no proof that Jesus Christ uh, was alive and he, that he came here. And I looked at him and I thought, you know, this guy is absolutely an idiot because of all the people on this planet, I don't think there's any book that, uh, or, uh, that as far as uh, talks about him, there's so much information about him, especially in the Bible. The Bible from the beginning of Genesis all the way through to Revelation is about Jesus Christ. I mean, now when he came, uh, most people, of course, don't understand. And that's why I say you have to have understanding to understand it, because the Bible says the things of God are a foolishness to those that are in the world. And that's why I say this man was absolutely a fool, an idiot, actually. So now Jesus had to come in the same material that Adam fell. Adam, he had to come with that same material. So the Bible says in Genesis, the seed of the woman, so it wasn't a seed of a man, so the seed of the woman had to be a virgin word. It can't be anything else. So God had promised uh, Lucifer, he said, there's a seed of a woman who's going to come and he's going to bruise your, your head and you're going to bruise his heel. So Jesus Christ had to come with the same material, the same stuff, that Adam was made of so that when he is tempted, just like Adam was tempted and he failed, that this last Adam, he had to be tempted just like the other one. But if you're ignorant to the word of God, you're not going to understand. But I'm telling you, Jesus Christ, there's way, if you look at the Bible from the beginning to the end, it's all about Jesus Christ. And there's other books outside of Christian material that talks about 
that man Jesus. And it is there, it's documented. So when someone comes to me with this nonsense, I'm like looking at it because it exposes the ignorance of that individual. So now when Jesus was born with the same material, okay, because it tells us that the Holy Spirit came and um, impregnated her, how was Adam created? There was some mud. The Bible tells us that God prepared a body for Jesus Christ. So there is a preparation um, for him to come in. And then the, the breath of life that we received with Adam is the same breath. The Bible tells you, and I've done a study about the Holy Spirit, it's that same person who breathed life and man became a speaking soul. It's that same person that came, uh, came over uh, Mary and impregnated her with Jesus Christ. And that body was prepared. And so when he came of the same material that um, Adam was made, when the enemy came to him and, and he went into the wilderness to be tempted after, with his 40 days and 40 nights fast, he won that particular test because he ended man should not live by bread alone in that temptation like Adam had where Adam fell Jesus did not fall so he won and so when you have the crazy enemy because he didn't understand the plan of God the, redeem, the redemption the redeeming we talk about that word redemption and redeem it's very important he didn't understand the plan that God had put in place to redeem us, the full thing for the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ had to die from the beginning of the age. So this plan was put in place so Jesus knew he had to die. And so why? Because he had to pay the price of redemption by sacrifice. And so we see that God begins to institute in in Exodus, this lamb being sacrificed, and God has to come to try and show them, you know, how this, in the future, as we said, it's a shadow of things to come, that this lamb would be sacrificed just like the other lambs that were sacrificed, and that blood was the one that the uh, the high priest would use uh, yearly for the sins of the people. So God now has to program them about all of this stuff. And that's what's going on. We're going to read in the book of um, Exodus. We're going to read in Leviticus, Numbers. All these things you'll see God put in place, we're going to put in place for them. And um, as I mentioned, I started reading uh, the, from, you know, from the historian point of view, and I love that. But I wanted to stop and show you that even he mentioned that, uh, Joseph bones were carried out, um, from Egypt as he, um, told them to do. So we are going to pick up, uh, next week from Josephus, and then we're going to look at the other sources so that we can get some insight as to what took place as they began to move from 
their location from Egypt to uh, heading towards the Promised Land. And we get some information as to why God took the route of the desert. And he took the route of the desert because he did not want them to go through a specific area and they would have to, the people would be upset and they would have to fight in a war for them to do that. So he didn't want to do that. So he rerouted them and he began to um, provide a way by which they will have light in the daytime and guidance. So he guided them in the daytime as they saw the cloud. At night, he he gave them light. And also when that's an excellent uh, metaphor as well, in your dark times, God will give you light that is necessary for you to walk out of your situation. And that's what I say to you. This is a very important book, uh, the book of um, uh, uh, Exodus. It is really a very important book because it has to deal with us in today. And uh, we will walk through all of that and we'll have some conversation as to what some of those things are so that we can understand what we're talking about. Thank you for coming and following me and helping us to grow. Thank you so much. I deeply appreciate all of your help.